0: Welcome to the Real Freedom Podcast, where we inspire you to pursue your passion to gain time and financial freedom through opportunities in real estate. I'm your host, Mike Swenson. Let's get some real freedom together. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Real Freedom Podcast. And I'm so excited to have Bill Gross here today. Um, so Bill is uh, the L.A. probate expert uh, because he has the L.A. dot com URL. So by by nature, you are the expert um, at, L- at, uh, at probate in the Los Angeles area. Post weekly call to discuss how to get sales and probate, how to engage with probate attorneys, um, and more probate-related topics. Obviously, that's really important here for us in real estate. Uh, born in, Mo- in Santa Monica, raised in Orange County, live in the Inland Empire, um, have been in real estate for over 30 years, and closed thousands of transactions. So obviously, a, a lot of wealth here, specifically in the area of probate, which we're going to cover here in this episode. So welcome, Bill. We're so glad to have you.
1: Thank you, thank you so much.
0: Yeah, so why don't you just go ahead and share share a little bit more about your background and your story here, how you kind of got to where you're at to today, and then we can dig in and focus more on probate after that.
1: Well, I mean, I my initial career was you know somewhat nondescript. I, I had uh, out of college been in aerospace electronics, and my brother was in real estate, so I, I kind of checked into it and you know, built a career and had done done really well, and then ended up getting into management and recruiting uh, for a company and did real well with that until the company stopped growing and the the problem management is the company is not doing well you're in trouble Mm -hmm. and so I realized uh at the age of 60 uh after having a really nice career I was making really good money that I hadn't really built the wealth I needed to I had some setbacks along the way and I, I don't want to bore anybody with those stories but you know things happen and I raised a family and did real well but I needed some wealth for the rest of my life and so um I actually met with um A man who had coached me years ago, Don Hobbs, who now is actually the president of Success Magazine. I had the privilege to sit with him one-on-one after seeing his talk on the importance of branding and focusing on one niche. And so um, two and a half years ago, I started full-time lead generating in the area of probate in Los Angeles County. And from there, I built a tremendous business um, to where I, I sold more houses last year than I ever had as an agent. Mm-hmm. And this year, I already sold more this year uh, through um, August than I had all of last year. So it, it's been really about um, focusing on something and, and creating expertise that gives me uh, the chance to work with people who value my service. And those who don't, that's okay. There's enough people that seem to. Um, and, and I really believe in this. Oh, this is the opportunity of a lifetime for me and anybody on this call. I've a lifetime to build a business because these tools we have are so powerful to distribute if you have real value to create and, and real value to share. And so I try to encourage everybody to find it, an area that you're an expert in or you have value in and then serve that to make people as you possibly can.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing about, you know, in real estate is there's so many different areas of lead generation, areas of focus. And you know what? We often would tell people when when I'd have agents on our teams that would come to me with this new idea of, hey, we should try this, we should try this, we should try this. Well, the answer is, is probably all lead generation works in some way, shape, or form. It's right. just what's the most effective form, and what's going to be the best fit for you and your knowledge and expertise. And for you, obviously, you've okay. carved out quite a a niche in probate. That doesn't mean you couldn't uh, send postcards and you know farm a neighborhood and be successful. But it's really right. finding that mix of what works well with what is something that you're excited to do day in and Correct. day out, and it's going to help Correct. your business grow.
1: And good at, I think you'd have, you know, so I did do an assessment of my assets and mm-hmm. I am older, so I have to work that to my advantage. I can't compete with younger guys door knocking. They're going to hit more doors than I'm going to be able to per hour, for example. Mm-hmm. But uh, I could, uh, being older, I have a little more maturity, a little more credibility at first glance. Um, I like wearing suits and ties, so I was going to court every day uh, dressed like an attorney wearing you know Brooks Brothers suits and ties and a briefcase and, and, and really firming the court was really my lead generation when I started. And I'm able to talk to attorneys because they, my father was an attorney. I interned for attorneys. I know the business. So I think you have to do a it, it, – probate's a huge market too, like all real estate. But you have to do an assessment of what your strengths are and what you want to do and then make sure whatever your marketing is lines up there, and that way the – the lead conversion is more effective because you're good at that rather than just average like it is for most people.
0: And I think for some people, the hard part of focusing an area means that you're saying no to the other areas. And and I think that's hard because you think, well, I could get business in this way, or I could get business in that way. But if you play it forward a couple of years and you see, okay, I can actually grow more quickly if I focus on this area. Yes, I'm giving up some business, but what I'm gaining um, is going to be more fruitful for me
1: hundred percent. The hardest thing in real estate, whether you're a real estate agent or investor, is ask the question, what value do you create versus all the other realtors in the market? And if you're just like all the others, then you're going to get replaced by Zillow or Redfin. Mm -hmm. If you have unique value, then Zillow and Redfin are tools that are going to drive business for you or delegate tasks that you don't want to do. So you have to really think about what value you create versus other people and find that and work it. And I think the, the thing that shocked me, and Don was right from the beginning, um, he said that uh, when you are perceived as an expert in something, people assume you know the basics. So if you think about it, let's say looking political, you know, should I take a COVID uh, you know, vaccine or not or whatever? Well, if, you're, if your brother-in-law is a world-renowned brain surgeon, even though he doesn't have particular expertise in maybe, maybe immunology or viruses, Mm-hmm. He's an expert in medicine at such a level that you would value his opinion if not accept his opinion as a medical expert. Mm-hmm. And the same is true with real estate. That um, because I'm a probate expert, I think uh homeowners properly assume I can listen to sell a house. That's easy. I do a lot of them. I do 30 houses a year. That's a lot for most agents in my market. I do mm-hmm. a lot of smaller houses, I do houses at lower price, lower quality, but I negotiate every one of them. I'm talking to agents and buyers. So the, the 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 skill sets higher as an expert, but that allows me, and, and so I tell people, I mean, the truth is half my business is non-probate. Mm-hmm. All my lead generation is in the field of probate, but it, I, I get out of the business because of my expertise.
0: So so let's just take a second then and kind of give, you know, the, the nuts and bolts around probate for people that have been interested in that, you know, that have been a real estate agent or like, hey, I, I really maybe have an interest here and want to focus more. Just give us a little bit about. Um, you know, where should I focus my time? What should I do to right. learn? Um, yeah. And and kind of how have you taken that and, and leverage it to be a great tool in your toolkit?
1: Right. So the first thing I would say is it varies by state and it varies by county.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: not knowing where your listeners are, I'm assuming most of them are not in LA County. Right. Um, and, and of course, we're in a COVID time. So whatever I say that doesn't work because of COVID restrictions, just, just start that after that stops, whenever that is. But I would say the first thing I would recommend um, for well, I a great resource I used was alltheleads.com. Now, there are a service that sells data and they sell market material, and they sell coaching, but they give away more training for free than anybody else sells. They have mm-hmm. a free weekly role play call. They have a free monthly mastermind. They have a great website. You can search questions there. I would say check that out. The mm-hmm. other thing I tell people is go to your local county courthouse where they do probate. You can go online usually and get a lot of information. And I would just say show up with the idea of researching, spend a day, find out. And generally it generally starts in the morning. So be there for the first call in the morning to see what does it look like? Are they is a the judge is there in person? Is it all in video? They all varies by county now. Watch the procedures. You should see attorneys there. You'll see investors there often. So I would definitely encourage people to learn some information about your particular area and how it's done versus others. And then uh, you can you can get a strategy from there because not all strategies work for everybody. Right. And I and I will add one more thing that the companies that sell the data tend to sell one of two strategies: either mail or call petitioners, families that are inheriting property, or mail or call attorneys. Calling attorneys very difficult. Mailing to either side in some markets is very competitive. Smaller markets, good idea. But I actually teach there's 11 ways you get business. Those are only two of them. And for an agent who has business, you could bolt on one of those other 11 ways to your current business that won't cost you much money, not a lot of rejection. You have to start at three hours a day calling everybody. And so I would say there's there's a lot of ways to get business. If you go there, sometimes though, you'll discover which way makes sense for you individually.
0: Mm -hmm. And which ways have been most successful for you?
1: Well, I've tried them all. And I would say I do a little bit of all of them. I look at Mm -hmm. it as I was never in the military, but I imagine that when you have a bad guy that you attack them from multiple angles, right? You have, you try and circle them. You have helicopters, you have planes, you have missiles coming from Mm Navy ships, right? Mm -hmm. The more ways you can attack an enemy and keep them off guard. So I, not to make my clients the enemy, but the more I I can attack them. So if you think about it from a a, a probate case, they're selling a house. The more ways I can approach that house, the better. So if I can, um, Contact the attorney, and then I contact the petitioner, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, when I talk to the attorney, I can say, well, I've been talking to Mr. Jones, which is true. If I talk to Mr. Jones, well, I know your attorney, uh, Betty Jones. Well, that's also true. If I door knock the house, I never door knock, but I have team members who door knock the houses for me. So now they see the house, and they know in there there's a renter, there's a tenant, there's an heir or whatever. So now we have multiple angles of attack. Um, and so I think um, that the more ways you can approach something, the better. So I try to tell people, if you make this your full time niche, you really need to adopt probably three or four different lead generation strategies and then constantly add a new one to get rid of one that's not working, mm-hmm. um, but do it in combination.
0: And, and the reality of that is, is it's, <clears throat> it's no different than more traditional real estate. Correct. You know, you're going to maybe do a postcard. If you're, let's say you're farming a neighborhood, you're going to do a postcard, right. you're going to do a door knock, Correct. probably some people in your neighborhood, you might have them on social media. So they're going to yes. see some of your stuff on social media. Yes. So it's, it is that multi-tier yes. angle that's yes. going to get them. It's not just, yes. I only mail or I only call, but they're going to they're going to respond more uh, fruitfully when you've got kind of multiple angles there
1: hundred percent. I think the term in market is called multi-channel. Uh, if you can ad- address people in a multi-channel, so I, you're a hundred percent right. When, when I have new agents who want to use another method like, you know, farming is a perfect example. So you get a certain number of houses you say, well, I'm going to door knock hundred a day, you know, 20 work days a month uh, and every 90 days I'll go back to the beginning. Great. Now you have 6,000 houses identified. Don't, po- don't postcard all of them. Just postcard everyone that you meet, for example, mm-hmm. and then social media, add them all into your database for social media. Uh, And so I think that it's the same thing, that if you can attack people from two or three different angles, you just catch them at different times, different channels, different ways to evaluate it. You don't really know which one's going to work.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, you had mentioned uh, attorneys. Mm -hmm. So obviously there's so for those that don't uh, focus on probate, um, you know, you might think, well, I don't know any attorneys yet. How do you how do you go from I don't know any attorneys to now I've got quite a few attorneys that are great lead sources for me? Great. So my 11... bro?
1: I think that's my favorite technique. My favorite technique for agents for making a living, you know, you're full time, you're making money, you really need to make more, but at least you have a business that's going Like You know how to sell houses. Mm-hmm. So this is my prepared technique for them, which is take your list of past clients and put them all into one of three categories, either your CRM or in a spreadsheet, there's three categories. Either now you're in, again, what state are you in? Minnesota. Minnesota. I mean, it's a little different. But I believe universally there's a concept called a living trust, mm-hmm. and living trusts are ways to avoid probate. Now, in California, it's a big deal because our probate is expensive. In other states, it's not as big a deal, but it's still important. And living trusts also give non-real estate advantages. For example, God forbid you're incapacitated or die, how are your medical affairs managed? How do you, uh, you maybe have kids? How are they, how you know, do you give all your money to your kids who are underage? No, but you create a, You know, you can establish all that. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend everybody who has a house and or $150,000 or more to have a living trust. And so I think that if I was a realtor, try to learn about that, learn mm-hmm. about the particulars in your state, find, and go online on YouTube. You can look living trust in Minnesota or living trust in Alabama and get an attorney. We'll talk about the advantages and they offer that service. And then categorize all your past clients as either, you know, they have one because they took title, they took title in the trust mm-hmm. or you don't know, or you know, they don't have one. And so I would call all those that I know have a living trust. The other thing you can do is you go online, at least in, in most States and pull up public records and see how they took title. If you took title in a trust, you know, they have one. Right. So I would call you up and say, Hey, Mike, Bill gross. I'm the realtor. sold your house, how are you doing? How are the kids, blah, blah, blah. By the way, I noticed, well, you guys took title, you took title in a living trust. And I'm just curious how that's worked for you. People love talking about smart mm. decisions. So going on? I, at some <laughs> right. point, I'll say, well, you know, I talk to people like you all the time, customers like you that need living trusts. I'm always looking for an attorney that can service them. Are you comfortable sharing who your attorney was and me referring the business? Now, they're either going to say, oh yeah, our attorney was Betty Boop. She is the greatest. We love, love, love Betty Boop. Here's her number. Now you can call Betty Boop. Not for referrals, but just introduce yourself. As a way to add your network, and so the way, mm-hmm. a couple of things you can do at that point is number one, when you call Betty Boop, and this is a old trick I learned, you don't ask them, you know, can kind of refer you business because nobody really does that. You ask them, are you still writing living trusts? Mm-hmm. That's a phrase that tells the attorney you know the business because brand new attorneys will do living trusts, experienced attorneys won't. They'll go hire a junior or delegate it out. It's kind of like first time home buyers. Newer agents always work with them, establish agents, find somebody else to delegate that work to. But mm-hmm. in the long run, those first-time home buyers become listings and to an attorney, those new living trusts become business in the long run, which is more profitable. So, yes, and that key question: um, do you still mm-hmm. write living trusts? And they do. Um, are you you know, would you be interested? Are you comfortable in me referring people to I uh, would like to like Mike Swenson, he was so happy with you. I'd meet other people. Would you be okay with me and make an introduction? Oh, yeah, of course. Muscle say yes. You know, I'd love just to meet with you, not to solicit you. I'm not here to pick you for business. Just that way, if I refer somebody, I feel comfortable I've met you. Can I meet you for lunch? Can I meet you for coffee? I find most attorneys, their nature is they'll go out to lunch with almost anybody. That's just kind of their that's <laughs> yep. just kind of their business model. Right. And they, they think they're supposed to be, network with people at lunch. Yep. And so I always would take them to a nice lunch place. doesn't have to be expensive. But it should be business-oriented type lunch place. And uh, I just found that a very easy way to get inside them and not ask them for referrals. I would never ask them, but now they're in my COI database for the rest of my life. I have that attorney and the other one. So I would say most agents, if you've closed in your last career a hundred deals, let's say over 10 years, you've got you know three, four, five attorneys in that database that you can, you know, pry out of your system and, and right away have a relationship with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then <clears throat> once you've built that relationship. Um, Are you, you're checking in with them and then asking for referrals down the road, or you're just, you're just letting the relationship do the, do the walking there.
1: So I let the relationship do the walking, because if I'm an expert in real estate, they need somebody occasionally to refer somebody to who's an expert in real estate. Now, Mm -hmm. again, this gets back to being an expert. If you're just a a real estate hack, well, they, everybody knows 10 of those, right? That's, that's, and they hate, and they hate us. The average person hates realtors because the average realtor is so bad. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell people, isn't that great? Because I don't have to really compete. I just have to get ahead of that person, that average agent to stand out as an expert. And so, you know, I advise all the agents on my team, you need to send out something that's real estate related to everybody you've ever met uh, every week. Mm-hmm. And so you establish yourself as an expert in the real estate market. Most mm-hmm. agents can't do that, most agents won't do that. And the stuff they'll send out will be pictures of their body or pictures of their food or pictures of family, which is nice. But I'm talking about, about the real estate industry. So that an attorney who has a case with a million dollar estate feels comfortable referring me to the $500,000 house, that kind of material about the real estate market. So that's, you know, I, and I just find if you do that and your social media is on that and you friend them in Facebook, most importantly, LinkedIn, um, you know, eventually they see you as the expert.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. That's great. So, okay. So you've, you've obviously grown your business here over the last couple of years. What other tips and advice do you have for people um, to, if, if probate is where they want to focus, what, what else should they be thinking about?
1: Well, I think whether it's probate or not, the number one mistake to avoid, or the number one thing to do when you build your business out, is understand that the, the long tail of marketing, the average there, I I can go into detail in it, but the short version is the average lead from the time they start looking online at Zillow or Redfin or a similar site to closing, the average is over two years. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean people don't buy a house within 30 days. I mean, we love getting those people or want to listen 30 days. But the reality is they're thinking about, talking about it, researching on average two years. That means are four and five years. Right. And your marketing has to at least get to average. So you have to think about, well, what am I going to do with somebody so I am relevant to them two and a half years from now. So when they do decide, the at least the fat majority of buyer, buyers and sellers will at least still be in the game with me, right? Mm-hmm. You can't concede. Otherwise, you're just priming them for the next real estate agent or the next person. So whatever your system is, it has to include reaching that time. That's why I say do it every week. If you, if you email something to everybody every week, forever in your career, you're gonna stay in touch with them forever. And I literally have mm-hmm. clients who come back to me Seven, 10 years later, say, saying I get your email every week, mm-hmm. is crazy to think about. But you know, I, that, I, I email everybody I ever met, you know, every week, and, and I think that's the, the number one missed opportunity for most agents is there. Now, once you email, you can do a podcast, you can do a video, you can add other. You, that's the same thing in my mind is the consistency of a messaging to your database, and you can upgrade it. But that's like to me the minimum that most agents aren't reaching.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what type of stuff are you? Uh, you know, you had mentioned, you know, not what food you eat or, you know, what you're doing, but something real estate related for yeah. those people that are maybe looking for my for ideas. What are some ideas yeah. of stuff that you've, you've done that it's been, been successful?
1: So criteria I have is something that I find interesting. And I'm just commenting on it. Mm-hmm. So I made a list of real estate industry resources, like California Association of Realtors has a nice little newsletter section with like eight or 10 different articles and different companies. Zillow has one and Other companies have other ones I found over time. Or I'll do a search in Google News under real estate and housing Mm -hmm. um, and Twitter, real estate and housing. And um, nothing really magical, but I just read a bunch of, I I literally my calendar every Sunday block out 5 p.m. Now, sometimes I'll adjust it based on what I'm doing, but I block out time to spend about a half hour reading articles, finding what I like. And then I just summarize it in three or four sentences or five sentences. Or sometimes I'm inspired to write a whole, page. Mm -hmm. This one this week was on staging. So I wrote a long article on it. But most of my three or four lines summarizing an article, linking to that article, and then emailing out to the database. Now I added, I also then now shoot a video and attach the video to that article as well. That's an upgrade. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's becoming more almost required that we all participate with some video. But at a minimum, the email should go out and it should be on the topic that you find interesting, that you find relevant to the market from where you sit. I write what I mic, and that way, and I, I would never send out a canned piece by a company because the way to engage with people is in my language and with my point of view. People who like mm-hmm. me, not everybody does, a lot don't. People who like me and know me like my voice, my, my, my voice in terms of what I see. And people like you like your voice. And so yours has to be distinctly different from where you sit. But uh, so again, I would just say, just find something you like and then write an article about it. Just write three or four or five sentences and link to it. it. doesn't have to be complicated.
0: Yeah. And what I like what, what you're doing is, is you're showing, okay, here's here's my professional take on yeah. this piece of information. So they can read the article if they want. They yeah. can hear your synopsis if they want. They can do both. They can watch the video. But what you're doing is you're, you're in their mind as... I know real estate, and it could right. be re- like so. Your focus is on probate, but at the same time, right. it's an article about staging. Right. So you're you're hitting them from different angles, different right. sides of real estate. So they're right. knowing, oh my goodness, if I've got a real estate question, Bill's my guy because you're right. commenting on all sorts of things over the course of time, and so you're you're right. t- training them in a good way. Right. Like, hey, I'm I'm your guy for anything real estate related,
1: right? And keep in mind an email that. You know, 20% open my email, which means 80% don't, right? So other 80% a bunch go to spam, but I'm managing 20, 30%, see the headline, don't open it. Just that, Bill Gross and then something about real estate, like that's viable marketing information.
0: Right. Yeah. And even if I'm not interested, going back to that example of staging, yeah, I'm, you know, I I just bought a house three years ago. Staging's not my gig. I could care less, but I still see Bill Gross in my inbox. Bill Gross real estate, Bill Gross real estate every single week. Um, they're going to choose to read what they want to read, but they're still yep. at least seeing seen your name come across their inbox, which is key.
1: Yep. Or their friends thinking is saying, well, we're getting ready to stage your house because we're thinking of selling it. Boom. They're going to call me up and say, hey, by the way, my friends get ready to sell their house. So, yep. yeah, that's how it works.
0: Simple, not yet not easy, right? Um, Correct. It's, it's easy to do that, but to take the time block to do it consistently. And what people want is they want somebody who's going to do that consistently. So Yes. Um, so... It sometimes it's that mundane stuff that's the most important um, because you're staying staying top of mind with people and you're doing it consistently, time on time on time, over the course of years.
1: I think it is. I think that's really the key to it. Is it's the it's the doing that work consistently is way more important. The big mistake we all make is we're all seduced by these big plans and these big ideas, and we all think it's gonna transform a business. It's just not nice. it's the execution is a lot of little details, and you have to. You know, once you get your email, there's a lot of little details. How does it look? How you, what kind of text, do you put a picture in it or not? All those things over time, you, you're constantly trying to tweak it, make it better. Look at your numbers, look at your open rate, your click-through rate. And, and over time, get better at it. It's like anything else. And if you do, you'll get so good that other people can't compete with you. Now, in the minds of your tribe or your database, you're now the expert, and there's nobody, mm-hmm. uh, Zillow, Redfin, they can talk about whatever they want, but they're just not going to get in the minds of your clients because you now have control of it in a sense. Right. You've earned it.
0: Exactly. Great. Well, thank you so much, Bill, for coming on and for, for sharing your knowledge. For folks that want to learn more about you yep. um, and more about what you're doing, how can they uh, find you and, and get a hold of you?
1: Sure. So I host a weekly call on probate. If you're interested in that specifically, it's Thursdays, 4 mm-hmm. p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern probateweekly.com. And if you can't make it, uh, if you register, we'll send you a link to the YouTube every week. So probateweekly.com. And if you want to see me or contact me, my website is uh, the la probate expert.com That's T-H-E-L-A probate, P-R-O-B-A-T-E, expert, dot tcom Has my phone number and other information how to reach me.
0: Awesome. And I know you've got a great YouTube channel as well. Thanks. Um, Bill Gross with a lot of great videos too. So if Thanks. you haven't watched any or if you're just jumping on board your your videos and your information now you can go back and see all the stuff that you've done in the past too so
1: yeah probateweeklyepisodes.com is the as the uh, playlist of all the past episodes of probate weekly
0: awesome well thank you so much bill for coming on Uh, i appreciate your time and and appreciate you sharing with uh with our audience
1: like thank you so much for your time thank you so much appreciate it
0: thank you